Hi, everyone. In a wild turn of events, uh, we record an April Fool's Day episode, and my past self or audacity or something played an April Fool's Day early prank on me, and we lost my audio for part one. (laughs) So... Please enjoy before our episode proper begins with part two, uh, this highlight reel of very fun discussion from Robin and our guest, Andrea, who is guesting as your resident neighborhood vampire. I did go ahead and move uh, our factions to the beginning of part two, so you will have a fun highlight reel and then the factions and then the episode will begin. Thank you for listening. So our first topic is absent parents. Yes, yes, they don't have any voiced lines. So like the caterpillar, he hatches and his first thought is about things he doesn't know, but he knows he needs to solve. And he's like totally alone. But uh, the sun and the moon are these weird like present guardian-ish figures that objectively are not the caterpillar's parents. So, um, yeah, wait, does the caterpillar wake up at night? Waking up at night can be more comfortable for some people. It it really depends. Um, I suppose for, um, humans or are caterpillars more like humans? I suppose the day would be more comfortable. This is part of why this is our, like, our first topic, our, like, less severe topic, because the caterpillar doesn't seem as stressed by the absence of his parents um, as we might be in a similar situation. Um, And, yeah, I think that's definitely a more minor concern. There's, like, the implication that they're not there, but it's fine. So, one of the things that it made me think of were those uh the studies they did not too long ago about or i'm not sure when it was easy to lose track of time uh but they did the study i think it was with monkeys where the the monkeys were um they could get milk or food or whatever and it wasn't from a living like monkey mother there was one that was made out of wire and was uncomfortable and one that was soft and more comfortable. And it's possible even that the like the food they could get from the wire mom was better food. Don't quote me on that, I'm not sure. But um basically the the monkeys would always prefer the more comfortable, soft um monkey food giver as opposed to the like the wire one. Um, so this feeling of of needing that that comfort, the the physical touch, you know, they talk about how infants need, well, at least mammals, mammal infants, so a little different from a caterpillar, I suppose, but they need that the physical touch. Um, so this idea that yes, you know, the caterpillar is getting food, but not getting emotionally fed. You know, there are different types of hunger, I guess. Um, It gets, well, with the study, I'm going to definitely link to the study in the show notes because I want people to have the context and we're not here to discuss the monkey study. Um, but there were two combinations of conditions. 
half the monkeys were in a situation where the wire mother had food and the cloth did not. And in the other, the cloth mother had food while the wire mother did not. And in both conditions, they stayed with the cloth mother. If they had to go... I looked it up. Uh, so I will link... I already knew what study you were talking about, so I looked it up. Um, but yeah, apparently when only the wire mother had food, they came to the wire mother to feed and immediately returned to the cloth mother. So... Um, yeah, so that's definitely more of a mammal thing, and, uh, caterpillars are not mammals, they are arthropods. In fact, they're insects, uh, Lepidoptera, just in case anyone cares. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I, sorry, I was so busy looking at that study that I lost the train of where we were on this. Uh, another similar, uh, when we talk about, I mentioned something about different types of hunger. Um, another thing it reminded me of was sort of the, you know, the well-off kid. Like they're, they they want for nothing except for their parents' love. You know, it's kind of a stereotype. Um, but that could potentially, I mean, I'm, I'm extrapolating pretty far on this, but... Uh, you know, that idea of like, yes, I have food and I'm safe, but there's none of that support system. Um, and that can be kind of a, an interesting conflict, I guess. Hello, everyone. Since this is either a highlight, a standalone book, or the first episode in a series, I'm jumping in to remind you what the rules are for this podcast. First rule is no real people stories. That means that any details from our own lives are merely anecdotal, we do not read books about real people, and we are not reading historical fiction. The second rule is that we are basing our analyses off of how the author treats characters and what they put them through. We are not judging the accuracy of the trauma, the accuracy of any actual conditions that may be portrayed, nor the authenticity of a character's reaction to that trauma or that particular condition. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The hosts are not trained professionals, and their opinions come solely from personal experience. In this episode, we discuss fictional depictions of trauma and violence that may not be suitable for all audiences. Please take care of yourselves. Specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the show notes. Events in the media are discussed in approximate order of escalation. This episode contains spoilers. that burn, we are talking about the very hungry caterpillar with our guest Andrea. Stick with us as we talk about what happens growing up in a world where everything is hard to manage and just a little bit too big and you have no parents and only food. Hi, I'm Nicole. And I'm Robin. And today on Books That Burn, we have a guest. Would you please introduce yourself? Uh, hello, I'm Andrea. Very excited to be here. I've been waiting just so many years, uh, more years than I can even count. Uh, have a lot of projects going on, though I tend to be more active at night. Um, 
Yeah, and very excited to discuss this very important piece of literature. And we're really happy to have you. Uh, first, I'm going to get into our factions. We have the Caterpillar, the Moon, and the Sun. A little bit of a short faction list this week. For our second topic, we have food insecurity. And we're saying insecurity and not scarcity because the Caterpillar does end up having access to food. We just want to talk about like this, the beginning part of the book where he's not sure what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Uh, plus, uh, the book actually gives us pretty good contextual evidence for having him having access to a lot of food that he just is not going mm-hmm. after or doesn't eat. So yeah. uh, this, is, this is not a scarcity problem. But there definitely is, like, some uncertainty. Um, Also, I noticed that the amount of food that he ate, I don't know if this uh, corresponds to the amount of food available or not, but the amount that he ate, like, increased every day, which kind of implies that he was going from an area that had, like, a little bit but not a ton of food to a location that had a great deal more. Um, Because we are not caterpillars, the... A specific list of food that he obtains on the Saturday uh, seems to correspond to a human picnic, but you know that that goes a little bit outside the bounds of what's exactly in the text. Yeah, that's a that's a little bit of conjecture, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I can see where that that kind of fits in. Yeah. Um, and I I think it's it's kind of interesting to watch, uh, through the shape of the story too as. The caterpillar is eating more as the days go on, um, which, weirdly enough, illustratively, is not implied to be because he is growing. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, not until the very last day. Yeah. (laughs) That was kind of odd. He's sort of, yeah, he's eating more and more, and it's not, or it's doing the same amount. It's... It is almost like the kind of an addiction story, you know, and I think that can come from as a what is it? as like a response to food insecurity, you know, that feeling of like, oh, mm-hmm. when I have food, I have to eat all of it, right? Because I don't know when I'm going to get right. it again, and that can become kind of an addiction cycle. And as we're talking about, like, the author making these choices, you know, it's not just the character. Like, the author is the one deciding what he's going to go mm-hmm. through. Um, the day with the strawberries confused me because it seemed like this weird narrative moment where the caterpillar is eating more every day. But then on the Thursday with the strawberries, yes, the number went up, but... Um, they're smaller than plums. They're significantly smaller than pears. Yeah. And so you have like this weird curve where, yeah, numerically he ate more food potentially. I guess maybe that's the difference between it saying that he ate or that he ate through. And so the caterpillar, the amount of fruits he goes through is more important than how big the actual fruit is. I guess there's kind of that implication, but that it just seemed like an odd choice from the author there. Okay. I I think you also have to consider the audience and the reading level that this is intended mm-hmm. for. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like part of that is just, you know, if you're thinking about keeping your your audience engaged, um, something like counting and matching the number of items, not necessarily thinking about how much volumage of food it actually is, and matching those to a day is more likely to keep hooked uh, the audience that this is intended for. So oh, it could absolutely. totally just be a narrative thing. But as a character choice, it does feel weird. Also, the the inclusion of oranges feels weird to me for a related but different reason. Because they have that very, a very thick, uh, like, I almost called it a rind. What uh, is it called? An orange the peel? Yeah. Yeah, that. Would you say they're less and appealing? I would, in fact. Yes. Especially because that, that had to have taken a lot of energy that this caterpillar does not have. Mm-hmm at this point in time to kind of eat through that peel. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, yeah. It's and a, something like a strawberry is much easier to get into and, you know. Well, okay, also, as we were talking about this, I realized something. So we start with one apple. An apple, that's a decent source of fiber. It's kind of, it's a solid kind of, you know, hefty fruit. And we yeah. go to pears, mm-hmm. a little bit less nutritionally dense we get to plums, higher water content. Again, strawberries, less nutrition. Oranges are basically just orange juice in nature's Capri Sun pouch. Um, <laughs> so basically, we're moving from one very potentially more nutrient-dense, especially to a caterpillar who eats fiber. You know, like what is a leaf but mm-hmm. straight fiber? Um, up to true. these mm-hmm. – oranges that are mostly liquid and then of course we get to saturday with just full-on junk food you know that's your classic food desert situation where oh you can eat a lot of calories but not a lot of nutrients and that can be an issue with health and happiness um Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that a little bit more in like our next topic but mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah i didn't want to get too that is a thing distracted but i do want to I do want to yeah. jump off of what you just said at uh, something that just occurred to me uh, with the the concept of that nutrient density kind of going down as the days mm-hmm. progress, but the number of items that the caterpillar is eating are going up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that that's almost <laughs> almost a one to one conceptually. Like you take one step down nutritionally, you add one thing that he's eating. Mm-hmm. And at at that point, he's just he's just eating to feel like he has eaten. It seems like because he's not getting those nutrients, and so he has to eat another item because he didn't get what he needed from the first one. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like that isn't to say that for humans this would be a bad progression of but caterpillars necessarily. Are tiny and they need oh it. yeah, well they need yeah. yeah. Um, Andrea was right about fiber being like a pretty big deal for caterpillars especially (laughs) i didn't actually become an entomologist like i thought maybe i would when i was in middle school so i can't speak quite as much on this but yeah you know oranges you said they're you know they're the natural capri sun they're pretty liquid so like they're unless he's tracing his way through like the the fiber dense shells around each bit of the liquid He's definitely not getting as much fiber as if he'd stuck to apples. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a little bit more nutritional variety across the week than if he'd just had apples. 
Well, and yeah, yeah, of course, you know, different species, you know, some people can thrive need on a liquid diet, um, but others mm-hmm. need something a little bit more, a little bit more solid. And nothing wrong with Capri yeah. Sun, you know, what's mm-hmm. a human but a walking Capri Sun pouch? Am I right? Exactly. Uh... to illness so one of almost the very last thing that happens in the book is that the caterpillar feels very sick now we're saying illness it's that he ate a lot a lot of weird things um i believe andrea was starting to talk about that in our previous section i had to pause them because this is the place for it yeah so um Yes, I'm here. Oh, no. Andrea, are you there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Did you want to talk a little bit about um, illness? Because you had started to speak on it slightly in the food insecurity topic, but this is the place for it. Right. Right. That feeling of eating too much or eating perhaps like, yeah, past the point of comfort because you're not sure when you'll have it again. Um I remember too, uh-huh. um, uh, reading a short story by David Sedaris where he talks about having to give away some of his Halloween candy. Uh, his mom was trying to make him do this. And in response to that, he just started eating all of it because he was so, oh no, I don't know, so stressed no. and so freaked out about having to give away any of his candy. So he's even eating chocolate that he knew he was allergic to. Um, you know, and his mom walks in and he's his mouth full of chocolate. He's already got a stomach ache and a migraine, but he's just so stressed about his candy. Um, that's kind of what this reminded me of, that feeling of like, oh, this might be my last meal for who knows how long, so mm-hmm. I have to eat so much. Um, also, can we go back? Just reference our first topic. Sure. This caterpillar has no... So eventually he does eat a leaf and kind of recover uh-huh. from from the sickness that he had from, from eating a whole lot of preservatives and a whole lot of sugar. But he has nobody to tell him, hey, these things are not actually right. going to be okay for you. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that he came up with the solution of eating a leaf. Um, the book, I mean, talking about, like, the author choosing what to inflict on the caterpillar, um, I don't know, it felt like this weird judgment. Like, to me, when I read it, it felt a little bit like the book was saying, ah, yes, should have been eating leaves all along instead of all the stuff, for, especially the Saturday stuff. Like, the rest of the week probably was fine. But there's definitely this implication mm-hmm. of like, oh, he ate a nice mm-hmm. green leaf. Or it was, a, it was either a single green leaf or a nice green leaf. It was some language like that. Give me one moment. Ah, a nice green leaf. And then felt much better. Yeah. Yeah, people are always telling me to eat leaves, um, especially spinach. Because uh, I'm always anemic, like I have a really low iron content, just not enough blood in my blood, I guess. You know, yeah. it's a huge issue. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you 
other yeah. humans understand that. Um, but oh, absolutely, yeah, it's humans. a chronic problem um, for us. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a little judgmental, and I guess you know you're looking at it, it's a kids book, um, and kids book lo- uh kids books. Sorry, right. they love to have morals. A big like this is what you should be doing. It's saying like. Don't eat candy, eat a leaf, and then you'll feel better, which, like, maybe is Mm -hmm. true, but it's also assuming that you have access to leaves, uh, which not everyone does. Also, ironically, if human children followed the advice of eating a nice green leaf, presumably from, like, a garden or outside or something, it might not work out quite as well for them as it did for this caterpillar. Oh, yeah. So all in all, it's got, like, this weird judgy tone, and then the humans who presumably would be the ones reading this book, it's possible some non-humans might read it, I guess, Um, but human children who presumably would read this book and would take the lesson of, ah, the caterpillar felt sick eating all this food that you like, um, but then he felt better after a leaf. It it has the implication of if you eat all of this, you'll feel bad, and so you should eat a leaf. But I don't know. It just it's got it's it's judgy without quite being able to give good advice about it. Uh, assuming a human right. audience, I always forget like which plants humans yeah. can eat and which they can't. It's hard to keep track to be fair to be fair there is a long list of plants who have uh evolved poison to keep from being eaten and we use those plants to flavor other things yeah so you know it's it's a it's a legitimately uh, peppers really thought they were doing something and then humans were like hmm they did (laughs) so did so did coffee humans just love poison what can i say I mean, it's we do. We 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 invented alcohol to have more poison as a treat. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, it keeps me uh, from eating caffeine. We could have we could have a whole discussion on just that. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, there's another book we can save that for. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely. Um, yeah. It's it's, it, and also I do want to point out. Uh, as kind of a or at least the last point I have with this is that this caterpillar is less than a week old this is the first time in their life that they have gotten sick and presumably because they turn into a butterfly before the end of the book this is the only time they will ever experience food based sickness Mm. that's that's a lot right when your life is short Every experience is so much bigger. You know, that's why when you're a teenager, well, and especially well, when you're everything is the yeah. worst and the best. <laughs> it's literally the worst. It yeah. is the worst well, and the best yeah. that you've ever felt because you've only been alive for 15 years. But when you've been alive for 400, I mean, like 31 years, um, you have more context. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'd like. I know enough about butterflies to know that, like, the butter, depending on which kind of butterfly he is, but uh, generally butterflies do eat. They just will never eat this much and they won't eat these kinds of things again. Like, that was the last leaf 
They're not going to have a, a varied diet the way this caterpillar is, is my point. Yeah, but like across yeah, all the species narrow. of butterflies, like there are some butterflies, a lot of butterflies uh, drink nectar, but there actually are a couple of, there's couple at least one kind of, of butterfly that, yeah, that drinks blood. So, you um, know, it's not always human food that is nah. relatable to our- Oh, that's interesting. Like, Absolutely. I, I, I really did, like, I really yeah. have felt the whole time that I can really identify with this character- um, yeah, that, you know, that transformation, uh, from one sort of state of being to another, uh, a big change in the diet, a change in how you look, that's, that's big. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot, it's enough that we briefly considered having body horror be one of the mm-hmm. topics we discussed, and I, I'm happy with the three that we did. I feel that was a little bit more appropriate, but that kind of an angle on it is why I had originally thought that could have been appropriate as a topic. Mm-hmm. But, like, illness definitely has a much bigger presence, because for the caterpillar, it like, it doesn't appear to be mm-hmm. body horror, but it's definitely illness. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do think there is something about, like, that one experience that is the only time you'll experience this, and it's well, so and bad. I, mm-hmm. It's that, like, like there's those there ha- there are those experiences that, like, kind of really set up a lot of character development and set up, you know, especially in books, they tend to kind of get recalled back to a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There's only so much in the story that you have. Um so, you know, it, it's interesting because from a, from an author's choice perspective, this didn't have to be in the book. And yeah. the author chose to have this caterpillar go mm-hmm. through that trauma of, of getting sick. And right. they're okay, but, I- you know, that's if you think about a reader or an audience perspective, um, you know, the, the audience for this book is a lot younger than a lot of our, our books. And they are reading about this caterpillar getting sick, and that's a big plot point. And I can't, I can't help but compare yeah. it. So, in the tarot, uh, tarot cards, uh, the card death is one that generally people it comes up and they get freaked out. But the way I've always interpreted it is death mm-hmm. is just a big change, and so any huge change in your life is a symbolic or metaphoric or sometimes literal, hopefully not. Um, it's it's it is a type of death. You know, when you finish high school, you die. You know, your high school self dies and then a new self is reborn into university or a job or the Peace Corps or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and so that idea that death and change are interchangeable and that neither is bad, but both are really intense and potentially traumatic, even if they lead to something good. Because mm-hmm. death, you know, death can lead to heaven mm-hmm. yeah. if that's yeah. what you believe in, but death is still traumatic. Yeah. I don't yeah. happen to believe that it leads to heaven, but yeah, like, but yes, like it just, you know, well, and we don't know exactly. anything about the caterpillar's belief system. This is true. We don't. And the, yes, the caterpillar, it's a metaphorical I want to be clear, the caterpillar is alive at the end of the book. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. But it is definitely mm-hmm. no longer the caterpillar. Exactly. 
there is no more caterpillar. There is just a butterfly. Um, so in that sense, our character of the caterpillar is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the caterpillar dies so the butterfly can be born. The child dies mm-hmm. so the adult can be born. I feel the most mm-hmm. sad for the, co- for the cocoon, though. Um, didn't get to really do much. And probably, speaking of illness, didn't feel super great <laughs> uh, while he was a chemical soup uh, of cocoon. Yeah, that's fair. On to the wrap-up and ratings. Uh, For the gratuity rating for absent parents, um, I have a feeling I know which one this is. Uh, They're absent. They're not there. Well, this is, this to me feels like backstory. Yeah, backstory. And and also I do want to add one layer to that. They're not there and the book doesn't really acknowledge that they exist. Mm-hmm. So they they're not really present at all in any way, yeah. shape, or form. But it's not it's not a very in your face experiential thing for the reader. Mm-hmm. So absolutely mm-hmm. backstory, and I would say mild and backstory. Okay, but even mild is like us saying, "Well, the caterpillar arrived somehow, right? Therefore, <laughs> they must be absent." Um, yeah. Uh, Food insecurity. What do you I mean, think, Andrea? I mean, it's kind of complicated. I guess, like, it's not that bad. So maybe kind of a moderate, like, well, because I think a lot of that is I, our I, interpretation, you know, intentional so, fallacy, death yeah. of the author. Like, we perceive it that way, mm-hmm. but, yeah, so I guess kind of more moderate, like, so I think, I given that food mm-hmm. insecurity is a topic that we've talked about on other books, um, we have a sense of, like, the scale of what food insecurity can be like. Yeah. And I think this is mild. Like, yeah. very mild. Because the caterpillar that's true. isn't sure, and then it's better. That's, that's actually a really so, good point. Yeah. Like, there is not that time, insecurity, but it's very quickly dealt with. You know, the caterpillar caterpillar feels sick Mm -hmm. and immediately feels better the caterpillar is hungry immediately gets food actually sorry spoiler warning um (laughs) as much as possible that's okay those are very those are very minor uh for this particular text but ideally sorry about that i'll keep that in mind from now on Um, i know this is yes uh a really a really hot uh hot media property right now I'm so sorry if I spoiled anything for people. Oh, mm-hmm. it is. You'd be surprised. No, that's okay. I mean, to be fair, they've I mean, had like 40 that's years. That's not to that out long. Like yeah. 40 and, and years and is I'll, a blink I'll of the eye. later too. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, okay, so food Speaking of illness. I think it's mild. Uh, illness. Um, I think this is actually this moderate. Was- this was a this yeah. was the major trauma point. I would say especially in yes. the um I think that's a difference between the film and the book as well. I feel like partially due to the the animation mm-hmm. style the the sickness feels more visceral in in the in the film compared to the book. 
Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we forgot mm. to say, we did all watch um, the film, and we'll have a link to that in uh, in the show notes. We'll, we will have that link. But yeah, uh, we actually forgot to talk about any of our topics mm-hmm. because we were so focused on what's like in the original text, which I think is as it should be. Um, but yeah, we did we did watch the film of this, and I think if we were a movie podcast instead of a book podcast, we would have had some pretty different mm-hmm. ratings because definitely like the yeah. illness is one aspect that the film played up a lot more than um, the book did. But I do agree that even if we're just talking about the book, I think the illness is moderate. Like it doesn't last very mm-hmm. long, but it is a more well. And again, with that context um, of. There caterpillars don't live that long caterpillars butterflies etc so that one time of being sick or and also when it's the first time of something happening it feels worse you know your first heartbreak is the most maybe not the most painful heartbreak of your life once you're old but when you're 14 and you've been broken up with for the first time or when you're 21 you've been broken up with for the first time Whenever the first time happens, it's the worst thing you've ever felt because it is. Um, And I could see that being the same for this caterpillar and that kind of ratcheting up the ranking or the rating. Sorry. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Why this trauma? Integral, interchangeable or irrelevant? How do we feel about absent parents? Um, Given how Mm. much I agree, I think it is irrelevant. Yeah, um, definitely. Be- I mean, they're so absent, they're literally not mentioned. One could argue it's a trauma not present in the book as much as it is heavily implied. So it's absolutely irrelevant. Agreed. Yep. Um, food insecurity. Um, I think this is integral. I think this is a... It's the hook. It's the first yeah. anything that happens. Because he has to not have food in order to then have the rest of the plot happen. Right, right. At least briefly. Yeah, and that's kind um, of his core. For sure. The core uh, motivation. Illness. And therefore sort of the core, you mm-hmm. know, difficulty. Like, this pursuit of food is. Yeah, it, it is the, the thing. plot, that's, so to speak. That's his hero's journey, you know. Need food, can't get food, find food, mm-hmm. food bad. <laughs> I mean, and although if we're going for the full like uh, Campbell thing, he's he's also missing the mentor, which I should have brought up without in the absent parent thing. But oh yeah, yeah. well, I mean, that's I don't true. think everything needs the Joseph Campbell treatment, but uh, the movie feels like yes. it has your back because it definitely felt like it was angling. Yeah, the sudden mood to yeah. be way more involved. Than yeah, the movie wanted it to be a much material. more dramatic, um, fan, you know, intense story mm-hmm. compared to the book. It's a bit more lighthearted, for sure. Um, illness. I think um, this is irrelevant. I think the author wanted this to be there but Mm -hmm. if you pull it out of the plot the story continues and there's no real actual plot change yeah that felt like the it was trying to be an afternoon special Uh, like you should eat green things mm -hmm. yeah yep but it didn't Uh, yeah absolutely that's irrelevant 
All right. What's the trauma treated with care? Uh, absent parents. Yeah. I yeah. I think care and yes. in yeah, yeah. I mean it. I think I think no care would have been. By the way, this caterpillar's <laughs> parents are not around. Yeah. So exactly. Like, like it is. I mean, it's called absent parents. I feel like, but <laughs> yeah, I take I, I take your point. Um, but I. Yeah, I think that commenting on it would have kind of, mm-hmm. especially for, like, younger reader, that could be confusing at that point, especially for something that, like, is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So overall, yes, I agree. This is treated with care. Um, food insecurity. Um, I feel like, to me, this one feels like enough. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not... It's not really, like, softened or taking care of it all, but it's so brief. Like, it's not lingering and it's not dragging it out. Plus, um, um it's it's not really... It's, it's definitely something that you have mm-hmm. to kind of infer from the text, too, which I think gives it an added layer of protection my, for the readers. My only concern Absolutely. there is, is the thing about, like, oh, well, when he ate a leaf, then he felt better, which is kind of... It, could be interpreted as like a moral thing of like, oh, eating junk food is bad. Eating healthy food is good. But of course, access to healthy food isn't equal. But you know, it's not your fault if you can't buy vegetables. Right. True. Um, but I, exactly. I think too the fact that yes. this caterpillar doesn't exist in a society where mm-hmm. An economy as a thing puts also an added yes. layer of care in that too, and yeah. gives the reader some protection there as well. Well, but keeping in mind that most likely the reader is going to be human, I still think there is some of this to worry about. Oh, there is, because, but as far as yeah. like care levels, I, I still think that leaves it at enough. Yeah, I'm enough okay. is my with argument with caveat. <laughs> um, for. Yeah. Well, that's, yes. That's why it's enough instead of yes. Um, okay, right. good, good. Enough Before, is literally the caveat I, I guess I sense category. that. I just wasn't. I, yeah, I wanted to be very clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. For illness. Um, okay. In the book, I think this is treated mm-hmm. with either a care or enough care at the moment. Yeah, but honestly, the um, scene with the, with the face turning. Okay. No spoilers. Don't. Yes, the the That's way the movie the way the movie the handles yeah, it's it. a little intense. Kind of As someone who <laughs> often like um. has indigestion, it was almost like I almost felt like I had indigestion oh, no. just watching it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, um, we'll we'll definitely put not enough there. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think the book. Exactly. Is taking care, like it's not as dramatic as the movie. No. Um, but it's definitely not mm-hmm. taking care specifically. Um, mostly lucks into <laughs> exactly. not enough with its brevity. Uh, for the point of view for the trauma and aftermath, we kind of have this like um, for everything, we have this kind of like omniscient narrator to like telling us what's going on with the caterpillar but we don't actually get the caterpillar's thoughts that's a good on point any of this yeah it's definitely definitely um just this this third person opinion on everything and and which is which is odd in a a book that really only has three characters yeah to then have 
None of That's them interesting do. because None it would them. be yeah, so exactly. easy to even just give the caterpillar dialogue. Like the caterpillar could say, you know, I ate mm-hmm. one apple and I was still hungry. But it's this choice to be narrating. Yeah, and they, the this book didn't do that. Yeah. It, it is a little bit – I don't want to call it an odd choice, mm-hmm. but, it, but it is a very specific Honestly, choice. Honestly, it makes me think more – it makes it feel more like a fable, um, especially with the strong kind of mm-hmm. yeah. morality suggestion of, you know, you should eat the things that are healthy for you and that that will – Oh, is that what it's saying that you need to feed yourself with what is healthiest for you and that will allow you to become the best version of yourself? Oh, uh, I think that's maybe a little yeah, well, if, if it's we're a going fable, as a fable then, that might work, but I think as for the text, I think the text yeah. as presented that's a little bit of a I'm reach. I'm doing the full, you know, English major thing where I can uh I can argue anything oh, with yeah. one point of uh evidence. <laughs> We we need to have you on one month on the stream where we just mm-hmm. hand you a scenario and tell oh my you God. to spin it. I would and do we that. Give you an I would angle. do that for three hours. You can just give me different topics and time limits. <laughs> would be I great. Would, I would do that as long as you needed <laughs> me to. <laughs> like you heard Wonderful. me on the live stream. <laughs> Love to talk um, about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can do extemporaneous presentations. Uh, all right. So our our last absolutely our all right. So our, our last couple things uh in our wrap up. So uh first we need to come up with a group writers tip. Um this can be a do this going forward or don't do this and generally relating to the book as an example. Does anybody have something? Um I was going to say do make a sequel, but my understanding is like multiple people have tried mm. their hands at like writing the sequel to this book because yeah. it's actually like pretty popular. Oh, cool. Um, I mean, a sequel for being so short. Um, that's generally a good advice, I think, especially something like this. There's a lot of different directions it could go in. Like, you yeah, like this begs mm-hmm. for a sequel because like there's a transformation at the end of it. Well, what is the former caterpillar doing now what are they up to what's going on like they have an mm-hmm. entirely new kind of food involved um like there's a lot of room for that yeah that i mean we could or is what there if, a, uh, if it's not just do make a sequel it's do explore different uh, what am i thinking like different perspectives different narrative possibilities as in you know there's all sorts of directions that this Mm -hmm. butterfly character could go in now um i'm also sure that this isn't the only caterpillar in this world Mm -hmm. and maybe some of them have slightly different journeys yeah maybe Um, do explore different uh different perspectives different narratives i want to know the source Mm. of some of the things the caterpillar ate there might be a story in there I I maintain yeah. that there was some rather unfortunate Do technique involved. That's my personal world build. Theory. Even Is if you don't say everything you know in your story, do know the background of your story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is like it has a lot of real world grounding, and that's you know I think that's definitely a strength because you know mm-hmm. the text is rather minimal to 
exactly as much as needed to convey the the narrative. Um, but having it so securely in the real world means that even though mm-hmm. it doesn't have a lot of world building involved, um, most likely a reader coming across it should be familiar enough to have some idea of what's going on. Alternatively, it's designed to let readers who don't right. yet know about what happens to caterpillars gain some knowledge about what happens to them. And it like really gets that focus on mm-hmm. it. Um, I like that. Or I'll, That's I'll say another really inspiring writer tip. I just had a thought. Okay. Yeah. Well, I let's appreciate. let's just go into that then. Um, okay. Um, my my uh, not aspiring writer right. tip. Favorite non traumatic thing about the book. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's what I meant. Uh, for because I think our aspiring yes. writer tip is more stuff in this universe, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> luckily, that universe is uh, our well, universe. Oh, I before we, sorry, I just it. remembered one thing I wanted to bring up before we move on to the next topic <laughs> mm-hmm. is another like related to the mm-hmm. do good world building is, um, I guess do world building where again like this it's not locked to one culture like caterpillars and butterflies exist mm-hmm. all over the world. So whatever, even if this had to be translated right. into another language, like there are caterpillars in Korea, there are caterpillars in Timbuktu. Like this is a concept that just about anyone could understand if they're on a planet that has caterpillars. Yeah, I feel like the Antarctica yeah. adaptation would be a tough <laughs> sell. But other than that, you're yeah, but that's pretty good. Like that's generally all you know, right. Um, Six out of seven continents. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, so my favorite non-traumatic thing about the book. Oh, no, it dropped out of my head. Um, oh, uh, I like the way the world building. I, I like the way the story stays really focused so that it's like. It's very grounding. It has some objects that ought to be familiar to um, the demographic for this readership. Um, like the foods, especially. Again, this mm-hmm. is assuming a a Western yeah. audience. The book was originally written in English. Like we said, you know, translations that maybe mm-hmm. had like culturally Ooh, specific I love that. foods could be really, really cool. Um, but given that, yeah, given that it assumes probably speaking English reading this or at least in a context where you're likely to mm-hmm. know the foods that are in this book um it means that you have like these very like familiar objects and then you have um this this transformation that's involved um and okay like I feel like anyone listening to our podcast should probably be old enough to know that caterpillars go into a cocoon or uh, they go into a chrysalis. When it's a cocoon, that's actually just um, silk around right. the chrysalis inside. It's a little bit complicated. Anyway, um, all co- cocoons yes. have chrysalises inside them, is what I mean, when there's caterpillars involved. Um, and then it turns into a butterfly, and like that 
is <laughs> technically a spoiler, but like that's. Oh just my god! I can't believe you spoiler. spoiled um, butterflies for me. I'm sorry if that spoils the. I'm never I, listening to this podcast I, again. Well, so I'm quitting. I'm leaving. That, like turning off the recording, <laughs> going back oh, to my no. cough. I mean my room. <laughs> what if- uh, I can't do this anymore. But one of my one of the things I like about it is that it has all these familiar objects and then it introduces this concept that is likely mm-hmm. to be new to the yes. demographic involved, which is very young children. Um, and so you have like these things that are really exciting, but I'm, that I'm also worried that it could prompt a lot of questions of like, oh no, if I eat too much <laughs> cake, am I going to turn right. into a butterfly? You could have these very interesting conversations with children. Um, off of this mm-hmm. and just I like honestly mine like is that similar setup. I was thinking um, I really like Andrea. how it focuses the story only on this worry about eating and feeling sick and then transforming because based on my own outside knowledge I know that it's really dangerous to be a caterpillar uh, you know there's birds there's other bugs there's all sorts of predators but that's not addressed in this story because it's not part of the story. Like, that's not a threat that matters. And so it's not even addressed. Um, so it creates this safe space to explore that story of transformation and um, self-sufficiency. I think mine is, I honestly, I really like the yes. artwork in this book. I realize that that's, you know, it's not just the cover. This this book has has supporting mm-hmm. artwork for the story on I think every page. And it's really cool. Uh I just I really like the way it almost looks like tissue paper mm-hmm. cut watercolor and it's I don't know. I I realize that that's not necessarily a story thing, but I really like the way it supports the text and I really like how easy and clean it is to read. And to see and understand what is going on, um, and it's very, it's very uh, mm-hmm. vivid uh, imagery. Oh yeah, in when my you head. invited me to be on this episode, and you mentioned the book we were reading, because I read this when I was young, which was admittedly a very long time ago. But well, I guess I wasn't that young. Anyway, I remembered reading this, and the the book really stuck in my head, like because of the colors and the very specific art style. And I thought the the animated or movie version represented that really nicely with the kind of shifting, uh, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but the kind of, it was gorgeous. Yeah, the, the animation was very cool in the movie. Mm-hmm. I encourage anyone who hasn't seen the movie to check it out. Yeah. And again, we'll have that we'll have that link in the show notes so you can. Yeah, I actually uh, did not. I don't think I read this one as a kid. I don't think I encountered the idea of this book until like middle school or possibly high school. Yeah, I think I knew about this book oh, when I was babysitting yeah. children. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely not in. Our, this was not a book in our household. Um, yeah, I definitely remember. No. <laughs> we had a we had a mm-hmm. rather limited set of kids series. I don't think this I was owned this ever, them. but like I knew about it pretty early on. Yeah, yeah, pretty early on when it was published. Like, yeah, 
I mean, it was published in a time that I would be able to read it, right? Yeah, it was 19... Yeah, absolutely. Mm, um, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I know years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm great at years. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I think that does it for the Very Hungry Caterpillar. Um, Andrea, uh, please let our audience yes, know where um, they can find you. As you can tell, I'm definitely a human and not a vampire or any other sort of supernatural creature. If you would like to find me, uh, you can either just walk into the woods and start yelling and I'll probably appear. But if that's not for you, you can find me on Twitter at mythtaken underscore ID. That's myth as in Joseph Campbell, taken as in Liam Neeson underscore ID. Um, and that will that'll connect you to all the other podcasts and things that I do. Um, I'm part of the Sinister Parent Company network. Uh, we do Good Idea. That's a uh, improv sort of show. Anyway, you can check that out at goodidea.show and that will connect you to all the other podcasts I'm on. I like to say I'm guest of many, host of none when it comes to podcasts, which isn't quite true anymore because I'm more co-host of many, guest of many. Um, I will be on every podcast eventually. Um, just give me enough time. But yeah, please do follow me on Twitter. Come fight with me on Twitter. Bully me. Be friends with me. Whatever you want to do on Twitter with me is fine. I'm here for it. Um, come hang out. Excellent. And we'll have those links in the show notes. Show notes. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, this one had a had a little bit of an odd um, upload date. So we will catch you in slightly less than a fortnight, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> All right. Stop the recording. Okay. All music used in this podcast was created by Nicole as Heartbeat Art Co. and is used with permission. You can follow us on Twitter at Books That Burn, all one word. You can email us with questions, comments, or book recommendations at bookstheburn at yahoo.com. Support us on patreon.com slash books that burn. All patrons get access to our upcoming book list and receive a one-time shout out. You can leave us an iTunes review. This helps people to find the show. And find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks.